Mel, I can't even begin. Mel just counted down from three, two, one, like we do every week, and then decided she'd be fun and do a syncopated clap. She was like, three, two, one. I was like, that is not in time. That was so just jarring. I'm so unhinged. Yes, you are. Correct. <laughs> Greetings from planet... I was about to say our street number. Yeah, no. Greetings <laughs> from planet Open House. A up. It's so lovely to have you guys back. It's great. With us in, a, in your ear holes, out yeah. of your ear holes, surrounding your ear holes. Infiltrating your brain. Yes. Um, how are you, Mel? I am... Um... <laughs> um... <laughs> On the 1500th day of lockdown. Um, Yeah, no, I'm fine. How are you? I'm I'm okay. I'm really feeling, I was saying, like, listeners, I was saying this to Mel, like, I'm experiencing a lot of Zoom fatigue at the moment. Like, every time, so I teach, like, dance, singing, acting, street dance, which is so hilarious. I teach street dance on Zoom, guys, and anyone who knows me knows that I can't do street dance I covered your class one time and I think the kids were like I don't know I just don't think I don't even know what I did with them but I kept like throwing moves to at Clancy being like should I do this or should I do this and you were like whichever one is least like street dance (laughs) I was like okay anyway what I wanted to tell you guys is about um so basically I was teaching this acting class and I got the kids and they were about eight to improvise a scene where they tell each other a secret and um it started like it started off really good like so they're on zoom and they like pretended to like fake call each other up and they were like um I've got a secret to tell you Jenna snuck out late last night and she went to a bar and she got drunk (laughs) and then like then they improvised like Jenna and then I was like let's call in Jenna and Jenna was there like I'm at a bar and I'm drunk and you can't stop me and then we got Jenna's mum on the phone and like I really should have stopped it because they were they're eight and they're like yeah I just felt like getting drunk but I, I, swear, just... one, I swear I swear you were like one of them was one of them was like oh, I just fancy, I just fancy going out and getting a beer or something yeah, I, just fancy going I also out and can't a beer. I also can't quote any like I can't quote any of this without doing it doing it in an Australian accent so every time I quote it back I'm like <sighs> Jenna went out and went to a bar and she She was drunk (laughs) it was too funny honestly they're eight years old and I'm like they're clearly feeling like the lockdown blues as well they just want to go out they want to have a mad time they want to go to freedom it was too much and then we got like Jenna's mum on the phone and she was like not Jenna's real mum no like one of the kids kids pretended to be Jenna Jenna's mum Jenna in quotation marks Jenna's mum it's gotta go in that's highly inappropriate um oh shit and then um no but so we got one of the one of the kids to be Jenna's mum and she was like I'm so disappointed in you Jenna I didn't want you to go out and get drunk on your night like this like if the other kids find out that you're you're (laughs) it's ridiculous um Mel Who's our awesome guest this week? Our awesome guest this week is Ruby Jones. This episode is enlightening and wonderful and funny and Ruby is amazing. If you don't already follow them on the socials, you should. And if you do, you will have already seen that this March um, in the Everybody Dance class, which is a 
all levels, all genders, all body sizes, all ages dance class. This March is celebrating Britney time. So each week will be a different Britney song and there's classes on Saturdays, um, two, one at a GMT time and one at an EST time. So check it out on all of the socials and get yourself there. Okay, I'm sorry, a whole month of Britney themed dance classes. Oh, yeah. I have to do this. Oh yeah, we'll be we'll be there. That's so amazing. We should definitely we're definitely gonna do one. So that's on the sixth, the thirteenth, the twentieth, and the twenty seventh. Um that's eleven AM in London for the first class and five PM in London in the second class and then figure out the times oh, for the rest PM. of them. Yeah. Great. Should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Ruby will be there. Yes. And on that note, please also follow us on the socials. We're at open house pod on instagram and at underscore open house pod on twitter thank you so much for listening thank you for being um with us on this journey i hope you guys are all really well and keeping safe enjoy the show Welcome to Open House, the podcast all about having those difficult conversations. Ever had to hash out funeral plans with your terminally ill mum? Or ask if your dad is really your dad? We have and we want to chat all about it. Join me, Clancy, and me, Mel, as we open up and get into some nitty gritty details. Like therapy, but cheaper. This is Open House. Hello everybody, welcome back to Open House. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, how exciting. So we have a brilliant person with us in our virtual studio today. It is all so exciting. We have with us Ruby Jones, who is an artist, teacher, writer, and space maker. They run life drawing classes, which have been going via Zoom on at Life Drawing Ruby. And their Everybody Move 30 Minute Not a Workout Workout Space has taken the internet by storm. Ruby also runs dance workshops and classes on the internet, including Introduction to Contemporary, Farsi, and a seated quillesque class too. Ruby is holding an online lip sync 101 masterclass in January, and seeing as they are a lip sync innovator and award winner, I don't think it's to be missed. Please welcome to our virtual studio, the radiant, radiant Ruby, Ruby Jones. Jones. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ruby, how are you? Thank you, darling. Yeah, how are you? I am so good and I'm so happy to be here. I love a podcast, as I said to you all in your email. And you were said, you almost, there was like a tinge of shame of like, yes, we started a podcast during lockdown. And I was like, no, more podcasts, please. I mean, always, I feel like it's such a classic thing for an actor to do, to be like, <laughs> I can't create, so I'm just going to speak into the ether. <laughs> oh yeah and also such a like a, a, a young millennial type to be like everybody listen to my voice on the internet <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> and also you know I'm always I just am constantly listening to podcasts I'm like the ones I listen to I'm like listening to them as soon as they come out and then I'm always wondering like what else what's next? I feel you like I'm I feel you it. absolutely what are your favorites Oh yeah, what are your favorites? Oh my gosh. So I I do love drag and drag culture. So I do listen to Race Chaser and I do listen to like drag race, like recap type stuff. Not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, also super love queer, um, like queer stuff and true crime. Ooh, true crime. Um, Ooh, I also at the moment I'm listening to Dolly Parton's America, which is like a really amazing exploration, like through her entire library, but like done with one-to-one interviews with her because the, 
podcaster like had this like random six degrees of separation that meant he could actually sit down with Dolly. And when I first started listening to it, I was like, what's this going to be? And then I was like, Dolly is so good. I just cried spontaneously many times listening to it, laughed. It was amazing. So check it out. That's incredible. And also that this person was like like, approached Dolly and they were like, yeah, absolutely. I'll give you my time. That's fine. Yeah. It was like some random thing. Like they, Dolly got ill while she was on tour once and then their dad like ended up being her doctor, but he wasn't like, you know, the top leading whatever. She just went to local hospital. So then, yeah. So then Dolly's in the podcast and it's really good. Absolutely amazing. How has life been for you? I mean, moving countries in a global pandemic. Moving countries in a global pandemic. I can't say it's like the number one um, opportune time to be moving, but... (laughs) Honestly, in a lot of ways, things because of the pandemic, it's like it's like everything unfolded because one of the things we're going to talk about later today was my discussion and decision to do this Ah. move Mm. Um, because obviously it was a difficult, a difficult discussion. But once that decision was made, it was like a bunch of things just started falling into place and a lot of them relating to weird and wonderful circumstances because of the pandemic. Absolutely. Well, on that note, should we crack on with your first difficult conversation? <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Let's start with that one, shall we? So the first one was making the decision to move back to Canada because I am from Canada originally, though my partner moved with me as well and they are not from Canada. They're from originally born in the US, but they've been living in the UK for most of their life, basically. So it was a really difficult decision that actually the discussion started uh, around this time last year when the conservatives, boo, boo and, you. and Boris Johnson, boo, when that, <laughs> when they were voted back in again, which to me meant like Brexit was a hundred, you know, 100% yeah. happening. There was no going back. I, when I woke up that morning, me and Lydia, just my partner, Lydia and I, we just, held each other and cried because it was just like such a slap in the face, you know, or I don't know what it was, but I think I was just hoping like, come on UK, like we can do it. We can prove that. I don't know. We care about other people or whatever, you know, and it was that, you know, was some a hard thing that kind of affected my feelings for that whole year living in the UK. And then obviously pandemic, right? And so that was all tricky. And we weren't sure what to do because we're like, why are we living in one of the most expensive cities in the world when we can't even really earn money and we can't really even like, you know, before the reason would have been because of this work and because of that work and this show Mm. and that club. And now those are all gone. So that was like a real thing. So the difficult discussion about whether we were going to move to Canada or not actually involved a pros and cons list. (laughs) Because, you know, these are such huge conversations to have or this kind of conversation. It's enormous. It's hugely impactful on your life in, in every way. And it felt too big to just even discuss. And I don't know if that's only because I'm a neurodivergent individual or but because also that it made it so hard for me to be able to process it without kind of breaking it down essentially into these columns of like 
I think I'm trying to remember now, actually, was it so we did like pros and cons of staying in the UK and pros Mm -hmm. and cons of moving to Canada. And when we looked at the cons list, the cons were just really sad, like um, feeling less safe every day as trans people, Um, Tory government, like starving children, Um, like, you know, like being unable (laughs) to exist within a European culture, Um, all these, it was like, and then the pros were like, of course, people we love, everything we've established in our adult life, like our entire careers we've established as artists are here. But at the time when we are having that conversation, we were already several months into the pandemic and everything where a lot of my things had shifted online and a lot of the decisions that I saw being made like around COVID by our government and things just didn't feel very um, encouraging for the possibility of things shifting too much or anytime soon. Um, So in the end, it definitely was like more pros for Canada because, um, you know, there is a really shocking, actually shocking difference in how they are still treating COVID. You know, like I, when I go out, I see like maybe one in 20 people not wearing a mask. Like at the grocery stores, like they're still counting how many people are in there and whether you can go in or not. They're controlling and there's still like arrows on the floor and controlling entrances and exits and hand sanitizer everywhere. And it's like in the UK, I just felt like I was I know I wasn't in the minority because I know a lot of people are really like finding it hard to process like how people are behaving so differently, knowing what's going on. I wish there was like an online lecture to teach people how to wear masks, like then incorporate your entire breathing system. That's the nose. That's the bit where you have two holes in your face. That bit and the lips, guys. It feels just saying. It feels just saying like a risk going out, doesn't it? Because like being on the tube, where you have no choice but to. Because like I, we were both on the tube and we walked. We saw someone with wearing their mask like this, Um, and so we walked. Clancy just did <laughs> under the nose mask but yeah, for those just because oh, this sorry, is a podcast sorry, not a visual sorry. representation yeah, audio, of audio that's right um, everybody I, who's I did, a, I did a visual uh, symbol that meant that the person in question was wearing the mask under the nose so we walked to the other end and then there was another person doing exactly the same thing no yeah so I was like I have no and I'm on one carriage there is nowhere to go nowhere to go And it makes you feel really out of control and it makes you feel there was even a part of me like near the end where I was like, am I overreacting? Like, am I being too cautious? And now I'm here. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's going on in the UK? Yeah, it's 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 a disgrace. It's a disgrace. And then the fact that I mean, just expanding on what you were saying about the fact that you were like. Canada is a pro in terms of like the treatment of just people in general and also I've lost all my my artistic spaces like the fact that tier three Mm. has just happened in London and lots of other regions and all the like you know Mm. theatre companies that were scrambling to even make something and they probably weren't even going to make a profit have now lost that opportunity and all those freelancers have lost jobs and it's just there's no I like the, the light seems a very long way away 
and it's hard it's it's crushing yeah and especially when you're not from London and you're Mm. coming here as you say specifically for your work and then obviously the people that you meet out of that but I know Clancy and I have said on numerous occasions like if we could be elsewhere (sighs) if the industry that we love and want to see do well despite the terrible circumstances in which it's in currently Mm-mm. didn't pertain itself to this this very expensive sometimes very difficult city to live in um we wouldn't be here but it's you know it's one of those where you have to make a pros and cons list and then figure yeah. out what you know where I you, was wondering where you as well because I'm that. from well my mum was from Australia so I, I was born in Australia and I was like, should I have acted earlier and got the fuck out? Like, because I honestly don't see yeah. much of a point being here at the moment. <laughs> Work seems so yeah. far away. I did I did feel that as well. I did feel that as well. And I think, like, I'm glad that I didn't because I'm not, like, super... I don't want to say, like, absolutely, like, oh, things happen when they're yeah. meant to happen. But consistently, it does feel like lots of things happen yeah. when they're meant to happen. <laughs> Mm. And, you know, I think if we had made, because I remember actually at the beginning of when they were like, because Canada shut their border to the US and it's been shut like for eight months or something. Like that's like lockdown. And basically at the beginning of it, I remember watching a press conference with um, Justin Trudeau. I think it's so funny. Our prime minister's name is Justin. But anyway, um, he was (laughs) he was giving a speech and just saying like basically um, Canada is, we have designated this money. And if you are a Canadian somewhere in the world and you need to come home, come home, get in touch. We will help you come home. Wow. And I remember watching that like, oh, I need to go home. I need to go home. I need to go home. But it was just, oh, it's yeah. really tricky. Cause like, you know, again, like I lived in the UK for like 13 years, but again, basically my adult life, that was like, you know, the entirety of it was there. So it wasn't, it wasn't an easy decision because like on the pros of staying in the UK, it was like chosen family. And then the pros of going to Canada was like mm. bio family. Yeah. You know, so it was. And also when I first moved to the UK as well, I remember feeling really strongly about moving to Europe. And I actually do perform and teach a lot in Europe and probably like a minimum of six times a year, I would travel to somewhere else in the Europe and perform and teach And it was one thing that, you know, really helped as well. I've been doing performing for a long time. So to have like this like boost of these like trips Mm. and these like fun things like that felt like, you know, restorative and refreshing. And then it was just like, that's all gone. Yeah, that's really hard. Am I right in saying that you've moved with your partner? Is that correct? Yeah. Um, When you're making a decision like that and having a conversation like that and it and it so closely affects the other person. And like you said, they were from um, they'd lived all also in the UK for a really long time and you're going back to your home place um how did that manifest itself and was that a difficult conversation and did you come to that agreement um in parallel and together or was it sort of um at different points those were lots of questions there uh, no very, very clear very clear so I guess I feel like it was we always were having the discussion of making a decision together Mm-hmm. And then once we made the decision, that's when subsequent discussions happened, like, um, yeah, how they might feel with the culture shock. Because, you know, even though I remember really clearly when I moved to the UK, like, you know, the main language is English. Um a lot of the words were the same, but I had no idea what anyone was saying. 
I literally was like, felt like I was speaking another language. I didn't understand anyone. Like the little things of like intonation and choice of words and all this, like that's, you know, that's language as well. And so that's a, a real thing. But I think, you know, it's obviously Lydia has both chosen and biological family in the UK. Um, but it's not, I won't comment on it too much because mm -hmm. it's their mm -hmm. story to tell as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it was kind of a decision of, well, their family will be there and they will have contact with their family. But, you know, we all have to make choices sometimes that are just for ourselves. And that can feel really hard sometimes or mean or cruel or whatever. Um, but ultimately, it was about Lydia's greater good. And, you know, it's wonderful that we can still have the connections that we do now with like having a WhatsApp chat or having a Zoom chat or whatever it might be. It makes things and connections feel more possible. So I guess, yeah, it was like a series of discussions after the initial discussion. But I have to tell you, so we made the pros and cons list. And I can't remember. I'm like, Lydia, am I remembering this right? <laughs> um, but it was like, we kind of got to the point where we're like, okay, if we stay in the UK, it's because we're staying in this house that we're in right now. This right. house that we'd been in for like six years. Um, we'd like had a garden. We could like do our business, but also have like a little space. We were like, okay, we're going to stay in the UK because we're going to stay in this house. And then two days later, our landlord emailed us and was like, I'm selling the house. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's one of the meant to be yeah. things that felt You're like, like we're out then. Goodbye. It all started happening. And they were like, yeah, okay, yeah, actually, yeah, no, okay, yeah. Thank you so much, shitty London property <laughs> wow. market. Thank you. Thank you. You're doing that does almost seem like a sign from <laughs> Thank the Thank you for providing this energy. It was. And then it was like another one of the weird things is like where I am right now, I'm in Ottawa, and I'm only here for a short time because I'm not actually from here. But it's like my mom, so I'm from Paris, Canada. <laughs> and, Canada. Yes. Love that. Paris, Canada. It's actually, uh, its tagline is the prettiest little town in Canada. No way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just because it like once like a few years ago, it was on this list of top 10 prettiest towns in North America. And it was the only one in Canada. So now it's the prettiest <laughs> town in Canada. <laughs> They're like, we'll take that. Thank you very much. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we'll take that. We're good. Yeah, exactly. Now that you're, now that you're, now that you're home. How, like just how do you feel in you how are you doing there oh my gosh honestly it's so complicated it's so much it's so much to process um and like it's hard not to think about like your entire life yeah. from this point onward <laughs> it's so hard not to and like because also I don't know where I'm totally settling just now. I haven't made a big decision about that yet because, okay, so I'm in Ottawa because my mom lives in Paris and that's where I'm from. And then right before COVID, she started a temporary job that was one year contract in Ottawa and she had to rent an apartment in Ottawa. So this apartment's been sitting empty the whole time. So we moved into an empty apartment and we've had this place for a month. And this was like one of the that's things amazing. that made the move possible as well. So again, that... Yeah. That's so I'm so not good. I'm not sure like yeah. what I want to do with my life now. Like I know who I am and that I know I'm a performer and I know I'm a writer and I know I'm a teacher and I know I want to continue doing those things, but I don't know how. 
and I don't know where and I don't know in what form and like that feels like kind of nice but also it's a lot and like also thinking about especially for like at least the next year we're thinking of moving to Paris and living in Paris it's like it's a big thing to go and live as a queer adult in your hometown (laughs) and it's like oh my god like I just don't even know like how it's gonna be like you know, I just don't know. Yeah. And so I don't know how yeah. I am. <laughs> I like that's um, the state yeah. of 2020. It's just so much. Especially artists in 2020. Just, totally. uh, it's, I don't know about you guys, but like oh, I've yeah. had this general sense of um, just aimlessness. And I think that's the, the thing. It's the similar yeah. thing. Like yeah. I know what my passions are and what I'm interested in. and um, But there's no channel for that or very little channel. Or I'm writing something on my laptop that who fucking knows uh if anyone will like it and if they do like it when the fuck it can be performed do you know what I mean or if it's just, like yeah it just feels yeah. very like I have no trajectory I was watching the prom last night crying <laughs> my eyes out it, just like <laughs> I miss musicals <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. like yeah 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 feels I feel you and like knowing I like obviously I'm very very lucky to be doing a job right now but like it has an end and it's been a very sort of short process so I know I'm like gearing myself up for it to end on Christmas Eve and then for me to have to like drive home to my fam and you know do all of that stuff and you know be in the be in the north and do that and then um and then I'll be like oh wait now Christmas is over and like that period between Christmas and New Year and I'm like (laughs) again again back to the land of this is you know what I mean because it's like ending on like a time when it does all of this whirlwind stuff when you have to you know do Christmas and family and all Um, and then yeah and then it also I know I know it's going to stop and then I'm going to be like ah right well and also all year everyone's been like well 2020 you're shit and I'm just like hey um Stuff's still going to be happening in 2021. Like, yeah, there is year leakage. There is a yeah, like, mark that gets like wedged. <laughs> Honestly, that's the other thing is actually there's so many unknowns about next year. So I think that's why nobody even wants to think about it. Yeah. It's, 20, it it's 2020's fault. It's 2020's fault. Absolutely. Yes, yes, And yes. speaking of unknowns, we don't know yes. what's going on in the next difficult conversation. Okay, so the next difficult decision I had was like one of the most I don't know. Do you know sometimes in a difficult conversation, you're like a super baby. And then sometimes you're like, I was just a super adult. And so this was an example of a super adult kind of one where I was like, and it kind of worked out, but it, you know, also doesn't always work out the way you think. So Mm -hmm. I was dating this guy and he was like really lovely and we were having a nice time. It was all cool. And it was kind of a point in my life where I was being much more aware of like my own energies and like what I offer and what I bring and, you know, feeling really positive about that. And also feeling like, you know, I had a life to live outside of Mm. being in a partnership with someone. And it kind of got to the point where everything was totally fine with this person. It was actually going really good. It was like in a good period. We hadn't been dating that long. And I started to realize like, okay, well, this is really good and I'm really enjoying this, but I've come to realize like I'm not going to be in a long-term relationship with this person. I'm not going to be in a long-term relationship with this person. I could even see myself dating this person for, you know, even another year or longer, but I know that I'm not going to end up with this person. And 
I liked him so much that I I called him up and I just said, look, I need to talk to you about something and you're not going to necessarily expect this and I don't want to, you know, be upsetting. But basically, I really like you and I really love our friendship and our relationship. And I'm really excited to see where both of those things can go. But because I like you a lot and I want to continue a friendship, I feel like we should end our relationship now before anything goes sour. I was like, everything Mm. is sweet. Everything is nice. You like me. I like you. We're respectful. Everything's been, you know, kosher and cool. So let's end it now when we both feel good about each other so we can still be friends, realistically real friends, because I'm a lesbian like that. Like, I will be, I'm like loyal to partners, (laughs) like till death. Like, you know, you can text me on Christmas. I'm texting. I'm thinking about you as well. You know, like looking at Mel in the corner there. Like, I'm always like, your eyes at me. Thank you very much. It's a lesbian thing. And it's because we're friends. And we exactly we've shared something and we don't want to like, you know, disrespect what we shared by, you know, not being in contact. Well, that's how I felt. Thank you. My sentiments exactly. Yes. And so it was really like interesting because he knew what I was saying. A hundred percent. He knew what I was saying, but of course he didn't want to break up. Of course. <laughs> you know. You know, I mean he, who would he, you know, want to break up you know. with a wonderful Raven James? <laughs> he didn't want to break up. And I just said, like, look, I don't actually want to break up with you either. I would actually prefer to continue seeing you, but I actually would also ultimately really like to be your friend like for life and boys aren't as good at that (laughs) or something and he kind of like sat with that for a little bit and then he actually then confessed to me like probably one of his like deepest fears of being unlovable of like feeling like like kind of professing to me maybe a little bit what he thought was why we couldn't connect because of this baggage he had this like wound he had he like immediately like brought that forward and he didn't bring it forward to like manipulate me or upset me it was just like he kind of knew our very intimate time was over and he wanted help essentially with this part of himself and he felt like he could share it with me so he kind of like and it was it was interesting because um you know I think everybody has body issues and he was a bigger guy and he basically felt like because he was big he was not lovable and no one was gonna ever accept him or find him sexy or like lovable and I was just like what the like come here you know like it was a real um tender conversation because we were both being totally honest about how we felt about each other and our immediate feelings but there was absolutely no ego whatsoever involved in it and I haven't had many conversations like that in my life where you know one person didn't Mm. you know get too in their feelings essentially you know it's and it's fine because people do get in their feelings of course um But it was a really unique conversation because of that. And it was one that really stuck out to me to tell you for that reason. 
What note did the conversation end on? What was the kind of general sentiment that it ended on? That it that, that good grammar, Clancy, that it ended on. <laughs> um, it was like kind of like bittersweet. Like we both said, "I love you." Like we both, you know, probably professed plans and like you know yeah. floated out their ideas of when we would see each other again. Um, but it was definitely like a door open thing. And though we're not very close now, funnily, um, he was there for me later in my life when I went through like a really dark time. He just, he was just there in a way that I think if we hadn't ended like in that way, he wouldn't have been. That's a beautiful arc of a relationship. I wonder what went through your mind to, like, it's difficult yeah. to, I think, pinpoint when you go, oh, this is the one or this is the person. But what what in your mind went, do you know what? I don't see longevity in this relationship because mm. I uh, I think would really struggle if things hadn't come to a, like, started to fizzle to, to, to say goodbye. Because how do you, do you know what I mean? How do you say goodbye from something that's good? I just think it was like... We both had quite strong visions for at least our semi-immediate future. And I just felt like, yeah, no, I'm, I don't fit into that actually. Like I, I felt like, oh, it's really sweet that you imagine me fitting into that. And that's what we all do Like when you're in love with someone, you're like, oh, it's fine. I can move to Ipswich <laughs> like, or whatever, you know, like you. <laughs> that's near where I am right now. Hey! Don't do it. It's very cold. Uh, I know. I know some lovely babes from Ipswich. So that's why it came to my mind. <laughs> do you? How exciting. But, Holler you know, to the Ipswich babes. Yes. Hello. <laughs> but yeah, I guess like that's. That was it. There was, he had like, and it wasn't like in the next two years, it was like the next 10 years, the next 20 years, he really had this really clearly in his mind. And I guess I did think for a while, like, yeah, maybe I could fit into that. And then I just thought, well, actually, I, yeah, no, I can't. So it was little big things like that, actually, because it was nothing about anything within our actual relationship. Yeah, I can. Like, immediately. Relate. It's so hard. (laughs) It's so hard to be honest with yourself about that because it means that you have to hurt. But it's like, it ultimately is like, it's, it's. It just saves you from hurting yeah. in a much like and and being mad for yeah. knowing better later. <laughs> like later when you're like, I should have. Ah! It's like, no, just next time when you know, know that you know and trust that you know and act accordingly. Were there were there any specific things like either prior to that or during that time that have made you like able to have those conversations in the like we said before in the like adult way that you that you um that you had it to be able to sort of know like that and to yeah come to come to that on your own before you get to that point that's too far on and then you're kicking yourself later for not having done it like specifically in relationships yeah or in life in general like any things that have come yes i have i have i would say yes but i would say after that conversation, most of the ones that come to my mind are in a professional environment. And there's something about sometimes, not always, of course, sometimes mm. for me in a professional environment where I can like then be even more adult. There's like, <laughs> like I can have this kind of space for my emotions in a different way. Cause often like professionally, I might off- quite often be in like a leadership role of one kind or another. And so I take that 
seriously of how people are looking to you for how to behave and how to respond. And so I think I'm able to do that more <laughs> in my professional life than in my personal life. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's so funny, isn't it? When like I had an experience recently, actually with a job, uh, I basically didn't get a job and I turned into it like infantile. And it was so weird. And I was on the phone to my agent being like, I can feel myself regressing into oh, a yeah. child. Um, and like, they were like, they were like, these are the reasons you don't fit into this no. project. And I literally went, they're wrong. <laughs> like, and I was like, I know this is a completely infantile response. I know how this industry works. Yes. I've been in it. Like I've been auditioning since I was five. Like I know how it all works, but I cannot stop myself yeah. from feeling this very um childlike frustration and I had to have a tantrum before I was then able to go okay this is what it is fantastic mm. thank you so much lovely thank you for your time I'm moving on to whatever's right for me but I, I had- mean they were wrong but yeah. <laughs> thank you just saying <laughs> but- it's true though. <laughs> yeah. no it I is. can't don't tell me that because I'll, I'll, I'll spiral again but um but I, it's but I felt like I had to go through that <laughs> that that tantrum in order to get to the the piece yes of course and like you know when you look at ancient humans like we were doing so much to channel grief and rage and change and anger and whatever else and we one of the reasons why we're so lost currently especially white people is we have no rituals or routines or community centered around processing complex emotions (laughs) except for shame and then you just go to church and feel more of it (laughs) <laughs> so, I good. I wanna, so good so good i wish we had symbol. one of those like go, go, go. those sound boards <laughs> oh my gosh i wish i had like a midi system so that i can like i, I think have to say, also- i love those on podcasts oh, i i yes. do love those on a podcast i've been listening to um we're having gay sex which is a comedian <laughs> ashley gavin's podcast and, writing it down um, and Gara Lonning is the co-host of this podcast. All right. And they have um a soundboard and it's I feel like very in post funny. we should put some in. In post. We're we gonna be like, get out. We should That's so true. Some on. people yeah. do that. Some people use the soundboard and some people I mean, just we're do we're trying to get post. more high tech by the minute, but Whatever we're gonna be writing to the do. arts council soon begging <laughs> for some money so we can get a soundboard. <laughs> but I will say, because you mentioned it, it is like a much newer thing and I've seen a huge increase in it over the last three months. Yeah. Is people who film their podcast recording as well. So mm. that you can put it on YouTube and people can watch your You're podcast so right. I know we're trying or to whatever. So Yeah, we're trying to get on maybe think about it to be honest yeah it is really good it's it sounds terrifying but i do think it's oh my god people are at it's so good as well because obviously all social media is a bit shit and all of it has certain levels of censorship and like racist algorithms and ableist algorithms and all that kind of stuff however Mm -hmm. the kind of stuff that i see being put out there on tiktok i'm like the world is well all is fine that's good (laughs) Yeah, good, I get a lot was, of. Oh, no, I was just gonna say I get a lot of like, um, like reposts of like a lot of like queer TikTok through my Instagram, and I'm just like, oh, this seems like a really nice, happy space. Yes, um, and so many yeah. young people like, and when I say young, yeah. like under twenty, they're like, I'm a queer, non-binary, polyamorous, like whatever. I'm like, you are fourteen, amazing. Literally, I wish. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm like, I wish I could have had the like yes. guts to know these yeah. things about 
myself or even like, the at opportunity age, you know like we yeah. didn't, didn't know anything but couldn't yeah. know anything Could, you yeah know? you're right yeah i like so remember right. watching queer is it queer as folk that gay men's show there was a canadian yes. version and that oh. was like one of my first like, <laughs> gay culture like i was literally like rimming got it okay <laughs> <laughs> making the notes i think i think i think i remember seeing like um a kiss on like coronation street between um between like two um they were like younger like younger like maybe teen to early 20s characters Mm -hmm. and i remember seeing that and being like what like what is this what like but also not understanding it for myself really and like the representation of that and then what that meant and i was like also then obsessed with this character Mm. and then also like didn't know why i was like well i just think it's really (laughs) cool or i want to be their best friend i don't know um yeah but it's 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 wild how like like from that i think more i think a lot of people talk about was there something similar on like brooks side or something that was like a bit, a bit probably the same thing but for mm-hmm. people that are a bit older than me um but yeah it's so funny how out of that have then spiraled you know what we're starting to see now yes um and what hopefully will become more diverse in the very near future we pray yeah do you know what i've been re-watching a lot of early millennial tv like early that 2000s like i was re-watching sex in the city and then Last night I put on a couple of episodes of Friends and I was like, this is why subconsciously people are effed up. Yes! Oh my God, have you watched the film Disclosure? Wow. Yes, yes. Disclosure is all about how essentially trans people have been demonized in like film and television for like generations to end like... There was this... Yeah, go ahead. There was a scene in Sex and the City where Samantha was going on about the transgender people outside her window. Oh my God. And it was wildly inappropriate. It was like offensive. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Carrie was dating someone who was like, "Oh, I'm bisexual." And yes! she like then went. Then she went to the group and was like, "I don't know if I can get down with this." I know, it was. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And I've watched this, and this I would have been like 14, and it just passed into just, my yeah, brain. Absorbing, yeah. yeah, absorbing. So it's why we need to, you know, like so di- damaging, like, yeah, and like start to. I'm I'm always like throwing I don't know if my friends find it annoying but I'm always like throwing like um drama record like TV recommendations like film recommendations I'm always like do it watch this but like I think yeah. it's like really good for you yeah, you know to have that conversation with your like within your like group of people and like constantly be passing goods because there's good media out there and there's good like indie film and there's films like this like you say like Disclosure that is yeah. Clancy definitely watch it it's incredible yeah and ha- fucking harrowing yeah. and uh, yeah and obviously stuff that you know if you're seeing this on your um you know timeline and stuff all the time and it's your life like it's yeah uh, it's great that it's it's great that it's been made absolutely. um just because i i want to talk about this for fucking ever but because <laughs> mel has to go and get ready yes! for a show ruby do you want to tell us your last conversation okay so my last conversation that was difficult was conversation with lydia preparing for today I just really, really struggled with what was I going to talk to you all about. And partially that's, again, I mentioned I'm a neurodivergent and I'm autistic and have other things going on. But it's something that I'm like understanding more and have been understanding more in the last few years and didn't know until the last few years. And on reflecting on all these different conversations I've had over the years, it was so difficult to see my neurodivergence in it and how the conversations I couldn't have beyond just crying through the whole thing because I couldn't process it. I couldn't 
deal with it. I couldn't, you know, have the connection between actually all the many thoughts I was thinking and verbalizing or Mm -hmm. the conversations that I put off forever and for weeks and months. And then I finally happen. And it's a conversation that happens in a flash because it was literally nothing or the strange conversations where I haven't understood that I've totally upset someone and I don't understand until like days later when someone says, oh, I can't believe you said blah, blah, blah to that person. I'm like, wait, what? Because of just totally not understanding people sometimes. (laughs) And it's been really hard to... Cause it, and then also I didn't want to get into, and then she said, and then I said, and then, then we said this, and then this thing happened. So it was so difficult to think about what I was going to say to you all today. What did what, Lydia say yeah, to you? Yeah, what, what, what did <laughs> well, that Lydia suggested like? actually that I say to you that this was one of the difficult conversations because it was, and we've been talking about it for days about what for me to talk to you about. And... <laughs> and some of the things that, like I feel like some conversations I was like oh I don't want to even get into that yeah you know yeah, no of course of course there's lots of conversations that come to mind um but we had like several discussions about them and each one felt upsetting you know to understand things now differently like oh my god like I can't believe I put myself in that situation like of course I was gonna be totally overwhelmed and overstimulated and upset like things I wouldn't do to myself now because I understand myself better and just Mm -hmm. so many discussions that I had that were just really complicated because kind of like the North American English and the British English both speaking English but not understanding each other at all and definitely feels like that to be a neuroatypical person sometimes talking to neuro neurotypical people and I'm not saying you're neurotypical I don't know but just generally you know it's it's hard sometimes because sometimes I'm just like what just say what you mean (laughs) absolutely 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 I think even I found myself I mean as far as I know I'm neurotypical but I mean like do you know what I mean that's a that's a journey and I think everyone's brain functions in a slightly different way Mm -hmm. and I've definitely said things sometimes um just out of like joy or just because maybe because my family culture is quite open Mm -hmm. and I've said things that have offended people and haven't even clocked that they would offend people (laughs) yeah yeah because you didn't or like said things about people that because I wouldn't mind someone saying that about me yeah said something about someone in front of them like I've definitely said things about my partner that they'd be embarrassed to for other people to know yes but to me, like, talk about my badge all you want, but I fucking care. Like, I've got you terrible might thrush. be neurotypical. Do you think? <laughs> you might be. Maybe. It's a great place to be. Maybe. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? So, like, yes. for me, I wouldn't even clock that that would be an embarrassing thing for someone because I grew up in a family culture where, like, we'd be, yeah. like, we talk about uh, the struggle you were having with your penis at the dinner table. Right. Do you, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that was just part of the you know my dad the language like ever since I was like 15 my dad was like fuck whoever the fuck you want just wear a condom like (laughs) and so I thought that was how families work and it it turns out not true (laughs) (laughs) yes not so much families aren't all like that people aren't all like that Mm. um you know and I've not always been like you know nobody's perfect but I do always prefer to tell the truth and sometimes I don't see any point not to yeah Mm. and then it's later like oh shit I right okay yeah absolutely yeah 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 
what did um i don't know if this is um too like specific or obviously take from this what you what you want to but what did sort of your um journey into like figuring out these things about yourself um that meant those conversations were happening in the way that they were or the overstimulation and you feeling mm-hmm. that way post having these conversations what did the journey into you finding that out look like just because i've spoken to a few people in recent times that have actually perhaps had diagnoses or like mm-hmm. figured out these things about themselves and um the way that they think be that um it, people that are on on, the, on that spectrum um so yeah I just wonder what that was like for you well it's tricky because again I'm still understanding more um about it as well and what I mean in that is that I'm an adult now, and so I understand Uh more about the adult side of it. But also now looking back on my child and teenage self, understanding like, you know, I've had mental health issues for as long as I can remember. Um, And now to realize that actually probably a big part of that came from realizing I wasn't like other people. And a big part of that was me having to pretend that I was. Especially I feel like in North American culture, there's like a real, real push for perfection. Um, And, you know, I needed to be this like perfect representation of a young girl. I needed to, you know, be like speak a certain way and sit a certain way or else people were going to figure it out. And for a long time, I wasn't sure what it was that they were going to figure out. Was it just that I was horrible? Was it just that I was unlovable? Was it just that, you know, I was too weird? Like, what was it? And like to understand now, I couldn't fit in and be like everyone else because I wasn't and I'm not is like it's a really freeing like gradual thing um but it's something that's so complex because from what i understand it is such a spectrum you know everybody is so different and i honestly feel like there was some someone who said to me once and that definitely was like a door open who literally said to me are you like and it wasn't very nice so i wouldn't recommend everyone saying this to anyone but she just said she just said, are you, are you on the spectrum somewhere? Like she just outright said it like that. And so she's a friend of mine who I think she doesn't know that she's on the spectrum. <laughs> Hilariously. And I have been nice enough to not throw that in her face. <laughs> yes. But she, she, because I know her and because I am the way I am, I wasn't actually offended or hurt by that. I was just like, confused. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, why, why would she think that about me? And then I did some research and I was like, oh, <laughs> ah. <laughs> I see. We all did this. Um, we were sat, um, me, Mel, and a, another one of our friends, Sammy, we were watching um, oh, Hannah Gadsby's most recent show where she, yes, uh, she, Douglas. Yeah, Douglas, and she talks about having mm. an adult diagnosis of autism. And then yeah. afterwards, we were all like, we were all on like, um, like uh we did like, a, we did like an official we did like a test, test online we yeah. were all doing one yeah 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 i scored very highly which i'm not surprised by to be <laughs> honest um but i mean it's it obviously they say that you you know from that you can take that information and then there's like other you know yes. options of doing like more testing and stuff um yes but yeah i find it 
yeah it's very it was very interesting, Super interesting. <laughs> and also tiktok is tiktok is a really amazing place to learn about things like that because ah. there's a whole new like generation of knowledge that's now possible because for a long time people didn't believe that women could or afab people could be autistic it was yes. basically seen as a male thing and basically they've discovered in like, I don't know when, but in like, it seems like more common in the last decade that specifically AFAB people do a thing called masking, which means they like literally develop a persona to use in public that they recognize as acceptable and they try to mask all the things that are weird about them. And because we're socialized as females, we take on that pressure and we take on that responsibility. And it wasn't until I was in my 20s having a basically identity breakdown that I realized, like, I don't even know who I am because I'd been like, I started to realize, especially, and this is like something I didn't understand it at first. And it wasn't until I understood I was autistic that I, these things clicked. But when I first moved to the UK, I started to realize when I'm in the shop, I'm doing an impersonation of my Aunt Gloria. No way. Like specifically how she would be with people in the shop. She always made everyone so happy and she always made people laugh. And it was like this brief kind of like snappy <laughs> interaction. And I start, to, yeah, and I just start to realize I'm doing this like snappy Aunt Gloria impersonation. And That's then fascinating. starting to see that in other places. And then that is the thing of you're like, but what part's me? Mm. absolutely yeah that's really interesting i am um, we had some well what isn't released yet um we spoke to somebody else um on what will be this season of the podcast um who is autistic um also and um they spoke about um that there have been studies done think quite perhaps more recently um to conf- to sort of talk about the overlap between um autism and gender diversity as well which yes. i find really interesting considering as you've said there's a lot um out there to suggest that it was only a very specifically like binary thing that existed for like one gender and now we're growing much more understanding as as to what that can that can be um and it is a, it's a truly colonial concept like gender binary like there are no cultures that have existed like prior to essentially like white colonial capitalist culture that didn't recognize other genders like even in um like ancient hebrew there's like 12 different gender pronouns no way i have like in in all that every single indigenous culture would have a number of different genders and these are this is information that is obviously been totally erased you know, mm. when when you look at the things that actually like free and like nuance and like, you know, fabulousize a person, they're all things that colonies tried to stamp out gender, um, expression of spirituality beyond organized religion, like communion of cultures, like living together as individuals as opposed to these like weird isolated nuclear families, like all these things that they try to erase are actually the things that make like life happy and interesting and maybe mm. more livable to be Absolutely. honest. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. And then obviously, yeah, through that comes you know the 
which is why obviously research needs to hopefully go a bit further especially where like medical diagnoses are like concerned or diagnoses of you know different um neurological things because as you said they've been happening for what is a very specific group of people for a really um long time but i just bloody hope that we are going in a direction that is less linear and more welcoming and wholesome than the one we have been going in up until now i only hope that that is reflected politically in our next election oh my gosh but it's like four more years it's too many years. It's too many. Oh, it's too, too many. It's, it's such a long such time. A long so much can happen time. in four years. Yeah. So long. But it's I so have long. to say, if you're ever feeling like down about the future and the future generations, obviously, don't get me wrong. There are people on TikTok who are living garbage, but there are also <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> wearing a yes. Exactly. But there are angels and artists on TikTok where you're just like, everything's fine. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be okay. On that note, Ruby, are you on TikTok? (laughs) I'm on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. I'm Ruby with Three Wise Jones on everything. Absolutely. And do you have anything you want to plug as well before we go? Um, I, my intro is perfectly pluggable. Find me on all those places. I'm happy. Amazing. <laughs> and it's always Ruby with three Y's. Always. That's correct. And do you know why? Because yes, yes, yes. Hey! <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes to Ruby Jones. Ruby, thank you so much for coming on Open House. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you sharing your time. It's been so good. Thank you for being so patient and lovely and energetic and good luck with your show. How amazing. Thank you so much. This has been Open House with Mel Lowe and Clancy Ryan. Music by Glenn Clark. (laughs) 